0: In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. If a recent survey from the American Psychiatric Association is accurate... 70% of us in this room feel anxiety about being able to keep ourselves and our families safe. Two-thirds of us are anxious about our health or being able to pay our bills, let alone the other myriad of anxieties, insecurities, and fears we might have. Culturally, we are anxious Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines anxiety as being characterized by extreme uneasiness of mind or a brooding fear. Our fears and our insecurities, if we do not seek counsel about them, can wind up locking us up, leading us to live a highly controlled and isolated lives within the safest possible bubble that we can create for ourselves. Our gospel reminds us that the disciples know that kind of fear and anxiety. Jesus finds them cowering behind a locked door, fearful of the authorities, perhaps wondering if they would be the next to be crucified. Fear had seized them, had locked them up. But let's go on a journey with them to see what happens with them consider for ourselves how we too might be enabled by God to move from fear into faithful action. The gospel passage is brief. Jesus' encounter with his disciples takes only a few words. Having found them in fear, Jesus declares to them initially, Peace be unto you, and shows them that it is he who has raised from the dead by showing them his nail-scarred hands and his pierced side, upon which the disciples shift from fear to gladness and joy. And Jesus again declares peace to them. So far, so good. Jesus has raised from the dead. They have their leader back. And then Jesus tells them that it is they who are now sent out of the locked door and into the world. He breathes on them and tells them to receive the Holy Ghost, giving them a mission to take the gospel and forgiveness of sins to the world. You may recall that with the disciples, that didn't exactly happen quickly. Eight days later, if we were to continue reading John's gospel, we find they are still behind a locked door, this time with the unbelieving Thomas yet with them. Even in the next chapter, in John 21, we hear of Peter and some of the other disciples returning to business as usual, the old fishing business up on the Sea of Galilee, no longer behind a locked door, but not exactly preaching the gospel either, at least not until the day of Pentecost today. In Acts 2, we read of the Holy Ghost coming upon the disciples with the sound of a rushing Oklahoma windstorm, appearing like tongues of fire. and They start speaking languages they've never learned. Jesus had told them to receive the Holy Ghost, and they've got it. Throughout Eastertide, we've heard stories from the Acts of the Apostles, Two weeks in Acts 2, hearing Peter and the other disciples in the first public sermons, everyone hearing them in their own language, speaking to the same group of people by and large that had crucified Christ in the first place, the same group of which they were locked behind closed doors and afraid of, and they win some 3,000 souls to the faith. In Acts 6 and 7, we learn of Stephen Stephen, His ministry, boldly professing the gospel, and he becomes the first martyr. But even while he's being stoned to death, he prays that God would not hold that sin against his murderers, moving from fear to faith. Of course, the Apostle Paul repeatedly faces persecution and imprisonment as he goes from place to place proclaiming Jesus. To all who would listen, even into Athens, speaking of the unknown God to which they had an altar. Proclaiming again God's forgiveness to all who would believe in Jesus and follow him. Bold ministry of which you and I are the beneficiaries. Not only of theirs, but of all through the ages who have continued to proclaim the gospel. And yet they, and we, still find ourselves time and again occasionally locked up in anxiety and fear. What might a transition from fear into faithful action look like for us? The celebration of Pentecost is a great opportunity to remind us that God did not stop giving the Holy Ghost. It wasn't a must-be-present-to-win contest. We didn't have to be in that upper room when the Spirit was given to receive it. Rather, that same Spirit that enabled and encouraged and empowered the disciples to change the world is given to each of us in baptism. We will gloriously see that happen again here this morning when Evelyn Grace is baptized in a few moments. Through baptism, we are cleansed from sin. We are given new life in Christ, sealed and marked as God's own forever. The Spirit is given to us to be a constant presence to remind us of truth, to be our helper and our encourager. God working in and through us and enabling us to do what he has asked. No, it doesn't look the same as Pentecost. We haven't all been given the ability to speak miraculous new languages. But as Paul instructs us in 1 Corinthians, that spirit which we are given has given many kinds of gifts. Some of you are very talented and gifted with language. Others have been given divine wisdom, a great capacity for intellect, strong and robust faith, or gifts of healing. Elsewhere, Paul will speak of gifts that enable people to be excellent administrators, wonderfully hospitable hosts, generous givers, being merciful, being compassionate to others. There are a myriad of surveys out there that can help you find your spiritual gift. God working in and through you. But beyond these, as Paul will say in 1 Corinthians 13 our ability to show love for one another is perhaps the greatest spiritual gift. Our ability to truly love and care for others is the first of the fruits of the Spirit. Perhaps you just take those things for granted. Well, that's just who I am. Perhaps forgetting that it is God who made you that way in the first place, who gifts you and enables you to be who you are, who wants to repeatedly gift you whatever it is you need to face the world in front of you, who is always with you, working in you and through you. No, God's presence with us doesn't take away the things that might cause us to be fearful or anxious. But if we remember his spirit, if we remember the gifts that the spirit gives us, remember the promises of God, We remember the work that he has already done, perhaps, like the disciples, it can enable us to get behind, out from behind our locked doors. And out into the world doing the work that he has called us to do. Not in our own strength, but with him working through us. He's given you your gifts. The Spirit is the one who gives you your faith. He's the one who enables us to live it. And if we allow God to work in us and through us, we can then tell others about those glorious gifts, and most especially about the gift of Christ, through whom we have forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. May the Holy Spirit come upon us all and enable us all to do that work. In the name of the Father, and the Holy Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.